Welcome to today's episode of Empowered, a perfectionist guide to imperfection, hosted by me, Miranda Lee. It's time to take back control of our lives, and it's time to write our own story. Remember, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Let's dive in. Hey, you guys, welcome back. So today I talk with my mom, and we talk about what it means to be an independent woman and everything about it, whether it be relationships with friends, significant others, ourselves, all that good stuff. Let's get it started. I want to talk about what it means to be an independent woman because I feel like there's a lot of like stigma about what it really means to be an independent woman. And like when I think of it, I think of you because even though you've had, um, you've had to be independent with, you know, dad being deployed and being stationed other places, you know, you've, you've had to raise Patrick and me and Nikki and kind of do everything by yourself while still like filling the wife role. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think we definitely as military wives and as moms, we fill many shoes, but what exactly I'm going to ask you, what exactly is your definition of an independent woman? I mean, that's a good question. I think, I think it varies from, from person to person. I think everyone kind of has their own definition of what it means to be an independent woman. And I guess when I think of what it, of what it means to be an independent woman, it's just like just having the capability to, to take care of yourself, you know, like you don't need, you don't need a man, but it doesn't mean there's nothing wrong with having a man. Exactly. You can take care of yourself, support yourself. uh, No matter if you have a significant other, you don't rely solely upon them. But I will say that you definitely, um, you can be an independent woman, but we do, we can't do it all on our own. I think one of the issues that comes along hand in hand with being an independent woman is that we're supposed to take care of everything on our own and not ask for help. And that is where there is a huge issue because that's not possible. It shouldn't be possible and we shouldn't want it. We should be able to um, embrace the fact that, yes, I'm learning more things and I'm not going to die without somebody else taking care of me, but I'm a better person and I can do a better job hand in hand or with, with someone else's help, no matter whose help that happens to be along the way, because there's different paths and you're going to require different, different people to um, help you be an independent woman. So let me, let me say one thing. I, I've, I've learned a lot this last COVID year about myself. And I'm going to give you kind of like what I consider to be your mother, Robin, um, when it comes to defining an independent woman or just being who I am. I am a certified fitness specialist. I'm a certified control freak. I'm loved and, a loved and supported wife by an amazing man. 
I'm a blessed mom of three children that are super incredible and healthy and they communicate with me every day. That right there is just makes my heart warm. I'm a judgmental witch with a heart of gold, a natural helper, a lifelong learner, and a serious work in progress with many rough edges. So that's kind of how I label myself as an independent woman. And if you ask me, there's nothing on there that says, I don't need your help. It says, I'm a work in progress and I'm working on things, but I'm learning and I'm taking, I'm taking steps every day to be a better version of myself. Yeah, I like what you said about, like, just because you're an independent woman doesn't mean that you don't have to have help from others. I think it's, like, super important to to have help from others. I mean, especially because that phrase, like, it takes a village, like, to raise a child. Yes. And I'm sure, like, with dad being gone as much as he was, you know, it's something that, that I don't think you'd want to have been able to do completely by yourself. I mean, you had to do a lot of it by yourself, but, you know, I'm sure like you did have help, right? Oh, absolutely. And there's always different types of help along the way. You know, when he, when he was here, I needed his help. And then we would get into a routine and then he would be deployed underway or gone for a little while. And I would have new friends that I kind of called like my, my temporary spouse, which was my girlfriends. And typically their husbands were on the ship as well. Or it could have been help from another mom. So it could have been a military wife. It could have been just another mom. It could have been just a, a single friend that we helped each other up. And um, maybe I had some skills that were better than them in one area and they had skills and were blessed with talents in a different area. So what we were able to help each other and become a better version of ourselves. And I think it's always exciting to see how much you can learn or improve yourself while your uh, spouse is, is away. And then it's also an opportunity to teach your, your children because the best teacher is simply what they see, what they see you doing, not what you're teaching them, saying to them, preaching to them. If they see you doing, getting up and exercising every day, then odds are they're probably going to do that themselves at one point or another, maybe like you did. Or if they see you eating healthy or they see you not drinking alcohol, whether you do it or you don't do it, they're seeing you act out. They're saying, seeing you do it. Yeah, I even remember, like, when dad would leave, like, you would always say, like, you know, we, we have this one day to, to be sad and, you know, feel our feelings. But then the next day, we got to pick back up and keep going. And yes. yeah, exactly what you said. It's all about what, like, what, what you showed us, not just like what you tell us, but what you showed us. And that's something we did. We allowed, you know, that one day to be sad, not to pretend like, oh, everything's okay. Like having that one day to be sad that dad was gone. And then to be able to pick back up and, and just carry on um, with our lives, because that's definitely, you know, a struggle that like I'm having now, because now that, you know, Taven's in the Navy and like, 
he's underway all the time and he just deployed, you know, like you said, you, you get into your routine and like you get into that routine when they're gone, but then of course you want them home. But then when you, when they are home, it's kind of like your life's a little more centered around like their life. So it's a lot of, a lot of give and take, you know, it's a dance. It's absolutely a dance because you're used to your schedule and the role that he plays, the role that you play when he's there, but those roles completely change. Those hats change everything when they're gone. And then all of you get into the routine of how you do things. And all of a sudden they expect to come back and nothing's changed. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, wait, 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 we don't do it that way. <laughs> so it does. It is a dance. And I think it's something that you have to be um, aware of and be flexible because the average when it comes to a military spouse, um, well, actually a non-military spouse, the average, the average couple is away from each other less than two weeks out of their lifetime. Well, you compare that to a military couple, um, <laughs> it's a lot more than two weeks. You know, your dad did 33 years in the, in the Navy. And I know, I think I had six deployments and then there was, um, you know, workups. And I think he had a one nine, nine month or so we were probably at one point better at being separated than together, which is funny. Yeah, that, that's so true. Like you said, only, you know, other, other couples aren't used to being apart that much. And it's like you said, I feel like we get even more used to being apart than being together. So I think that's why like flexibility is, is super important. Cause I know that's something like I've had to do with Tabin, like just being flexible, especially like when he comes back, like, yes, I have my routine, but like he's used to something else. And my routine is to make my life easier and to cope with him being gone. And then when he comes back, I don't know, like finding that balance of, you know, my routine and, and Hey, my, my husband's back and, you know, he likes things a certain way too. Well, and there's so many different, um, if you're talking about a marriage and independent women. So the difference between men and women, I heard once, once upon a time, and, and I so believe it's true that women change typically change them themselves like seven times within a lifetime. They reinvent themselves. Men don't change. So, and I can tell you, I've reinvented myself at least seven times. Most of the time your father says, I can't keep up with what you're doing or what you're eating or your practices or your new hobbies or your new roles in life, which is funny. And he is this pretty much the same as the day I met him. So that's hard on a, on a guy, you know, that's really hard. They can't keep up with who we are when we're constantly evolving and being a better version of ourselves and an independent woman. So there are things that I think if we want to have a successful marriage, we have to always embrace the person that we fell in love with, especially if it's a man, because they're not going to change. We have to remember, okay, this is who we fell, fell in love with. And because all of a sudden them leaving their clothes on the floor or anything else seems so important later on years down the road. And it's not, it's not important. We need to learn their love language and make sure that we communicate well. And it, as we're evolving as independent women and all of a sudden we're eating better, or we're exercising or we're 
we're, you know, bettering ourselves in any aspect, you can't tell your spouse to do that. I need you to do this. I need, they don't like to be told what to do. So once again, just like children, you start emulating the things that are important to you. With time, they'll pick up, they'll do the same things, which is, is funny, you know, because if you were to say, hey, I all of a sudden want you to eat brown rice instead of white rice. I like white rice. You're not going to tell me what to do. But if you just start eating it, then all of a sudden they start eating it or you start going for a walk or something like that. Those small things, you know, make changes. And never, ever, ever forget to date. I don't care if you've been married 50 years. You want a rock solid marriage as an independent woman? Always compliment your your spouse and never stop dating. It's like anything. You got to put work into it. But as independent women are used to work and we like it. Yes, exactly. And I think like one of the most important things, I know something that's helped me and Taven's, you know, we remember that we're on the same team. So like, even if like we're having an argument or something, like it's not me against him. Like it's me and him against this problem. So at the end, like we both win. It's not I win or or he wins because then that means one of us has to lose. You know, we're on the same team. We want both of us to win because we, because we solved the problem. Well, and there's such a big difference too between, and I love that you said that you guys are a team together against the issues or the problems that you see, which sounds absolutely normal. And it sounds like, duh, that's what we're supposed to do. But there is a big difference between your generation and my generation, you know? Um, just even how we view things. Not that I didn't view things like that with, with your dad, but you guys are much more, your generation I think is much more think out of, outside of the box. Your generation seeks to improve the world, focuses on mental health, which is so needed. But you guys are scrutinized for everything and all the mistakes that you've possibly made. So it's almost like you guys are always on, where my generation, yes, we we tackled things together, but we were much more rigid. We didn't color outside of the lines. We worked a nine to five job, um, but we were also able to fall on our face and nobody saw it. So I just think the whole idea of tackling the world, but from an independent woman's stance is the same, but so different from like your generation to mine. You know, I I don't know how you guys do it. I love that you guys are standing up for things that matter and that you're taking care of yourself because you need to be kind to yourself. We didn't think of that stuff when I was your age. You, You guys get such huge accolades from me, from our generation, because we just, we weren't under the pressure that you guys are under. You guys are under a lot of pressure to be independent, to be perfect, to um, be critiqued, scrutinized, all of that. And I love that you're taking time for mental health because it's so needed. It's so needed for everybody. And I hope that we just keep down this path where everybody is not only kind to other people, but also the grace of being kind to themselves. Yeah, you, you make really good points about like the difference between like your generation and my generation. And in a way, I feel like, like you said, like our, like my generation is just so different. I feel like in a way, if you're not like 
super feminist. It's, I don't know, like it's kind of looked down on. Like if girls want to get married at a younger age, you know, like back then, like that was kind of normal. Like you, you got married at a younger age and, you know, or to be a stay at home mom, I feel like it was seen as more normalized back then. Cause that's just what everyone did. And I feel like now it's kind of like shamed to be like, to embrace like that femininity, like aspect, if, if you know what I'm saying, like people do like say like, Oh, like you married young, like to me. And I'm like, well, I mean, I married at 22. That doesn't seem that young, especially like back in the day. But I feel like now, like how society is now, like that's young. Hey guys, quick break just to let you know that on May 24th, I am starting my eight-week program, Feed Your Swole. You guys are all welcome to join. It is going to be about healing your relationship with food, healing your relationship with yourself, and giving you all the tools and knowledge that you need to be able to have and live a healthy lifestyle. Like I said, it starts May 24th, so if you are interested, reach out to me and I will give you more details. Let's get back to the show. So then it makes me want to ask the question, um, because of how, like, your generation was and stuff, like, when I see, you know, you and dad, dad's definitely, like, the whole macho guy, um, typical scary, intimidating dad that, that you'd think of, even though he's just a giant teddy bear, he's still super scary if you don't know him, <laughs> but he does really take, like, that like that man role, like that typical manly role of like, you know, he, you know, works the job. He, um, you know, fixes everything by hand. Like he builds things. He, like, he does all of that. So how do you, I don't know, because you and dad definitely have a 50, 50 marriage. I can tell like by the, by the respect that how you guys treat each other, but dad is the one who is like the breadwinner and is the whole macho kind of guy. So I guess, how do you balance the whole being an independent woman, but still letting him be the man of the house, I guess. So first I can say your father is, has always been beyond what I would ever have dreamed for when I was young. And yes, I was 18 and, you know, when I got married. So, yeah, big difference between 18, 22. And I figured I was young, but yeah, 22 is, is a good age. So your dad was always beyond anything I could have imagined. He was the type and still is the type of a man that made me want to be a better person. This still makes me want to be a better person. And I would say that he has always had his boundaries, his rules and what he lived by. and. Um, I'll never forget, I lied to him one time and he said, when we were dating, and he said, strike one. And I was like, what? He's like, I don't tolerate lying. I was like, oh, I've got a guy with morals. I really love this. So I think that's really important in a marriage for both of, or any type of relationship, be it a friendship uh, or a marriage, that both of you have your boundaries and everything. So he kind of laid that out right away, which made me have more respect for him. And he was always, he said, at the end of the day, I have to look at myself in the mirror. I don't have to impress anybody else. I have to be able to answer for my actions. That made me want to be a better person and continually does. And we kind of, you know, it's that whole endless circle, whether it's 
good behaviors or bad behaviors, it's going to, you're going to keep getting what, what you give. And dad has always been very mindful of my feelings where if one of the guys asks, so, okay, can you go golf Saturday or, Hey, let's go do this. Dad will say, well, let me check with my wife and I'll let you know. And in the typical guy fashion, his friends will say, Oh, you go to check in with the wife. And he's like, no, but that's the courteous thing to do. I don't know if she has plans for us. So he's never had anything to prove to anybody else, but he takes my feelings into, um, into concern and, and I do as well. So we've always had that respect for each other, the consideration for each other. And I will say, I see some wives disrespect their spouses, especially in front of other people. You can't do that to someone you love, even if I don't care if you can't afford something or you don't agree with something or you have plans, um, you know, take that behind doors where nobody else, because the last thing you need to do is make your man, make your significant other feel less than it's, it's not appropriate. It's not okay. You can puff, puff them up. Anybody wants to feel good. Why would you? the person that you chose to spend the rest of your life with, why would you make them look bad? So um, we've always made sure that we keep those things private. And trust me, your father and I very, very rarely argue. Maybe once every six months, <laughs> you know, we'll argue about the same thing. And he's like, boy, it's always the same little thing. And I said, I know, but it's the same thing. We're not finding things to argue with, you know? It's one little thing that we have a difference, difference of opinion on. And, you know, I'll feel passionate enough to speak up about it. But we, I think we also get better at, I'll say communicating, but it's really listening. Because I can push home my point to you, but that's not going to make you understand. And if you truly care about your um, significant other you will keep listening and asking questions until you understand how they're feeling and what they mean. To get back to it as an independent woman, I think it's very important to learn that there's that symbiotic relationship. You're going to get what you give. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's something, you know, I always noticed about you and dad. It was, it was you guys always took things um, privately and, and talk privately, whether it was in front of like big groups of people or like even me and my sister, you know, if me and me and Nikki would ask dad a question, he'd be like, let me talk to mom about it. Even if I already knew what the answer would be or, um, or whatever, he would always, you know, talk to you about it. And it's not, and yeah, it's something people say like, oh, you need to ask permission. No, it's, just a respect thing and it's just so important like you said not to call your significant other out in front of in front of people because I, I feel like especially as like independent women or even like the whole macho man like you feel like you need to like establish that dominance in front of people but you don't you don't like even me as an independent, as an independent woman, I still want to make my husband feel good in front of the guys. And, you know, I feel like, like we're talking about boundaries, like 
me and Taven have those boundaries too. Like Taven loves to brag about how like I'm stronger than him or how I can beat him up or, you know, I don't want this to be triggering for people, but Taven um, always jokes that like, yeah, my wife beats me just as like a joke because I am like, you know, I was a boxer and I'm a power lifter. So it's, it's like that understanding that me and Taven have like those boundaries that we've set, but like there are boundaries that we make sure like not to cross in front of other people, you know, like I make these jokes about lifting more than him and stuff because I know that he thinks it's funny and that it's okay. But I know there's also boundaries where I wouldn't want to make them, I wouldn't want to cross those to make him feel uncomfortable in front of people or to make him feel like less of a, less of a man, you know? And I mean, Taven does the same for me. He'll, I'm, I'm definitely the one that always does the dishes and always cleans. Um, but he, he will offer, he'll, he'll still offer. He'll know most of the time my answer is no, I don't want help because you know, I want it done the right way. <laughs> so, but he knows to still ask. Cause it's like you said before, it's a respect thing. It's not like a permission. It's not this whole power play that I feel like people are always needing to do. Like, have this power play whether it's a relationship or a friendship like you guys should be respecting each other like the whole who wears the pants in the relationship like that needs to stop that's something people need to stop saying because they should both wear the pants no one should be walking around naked you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah and well it's funny that you think i mean i guess yeah dad has that macho you know he's definitely the man of the house but I think it's only in the context that he makes sure he provides that everything is, you know, we have the roof over our head and that he's pulling his weight and everything. But what's funny is I just, I've always been a lifelong learner. I've, I didn't really learn. My dad, you know, died when I was super young and my mom did everything just to make ends meet and make me ends meet. So I didn't have a lot of learning as I grew up. Dad and I together, I'd be like, hey, um, teach me how to do this. I want to I want to do that. And he's like, uh, are you trying to off me or something? <laughs> like, no. Like, uh, what, last summer I remodeled the bathroom and I wanted to learn how to do everything. I wanted to do the electrical. I wanted to do the plumbing. I want, I cut all the baseboards. I did the crap of the, the trim and everything. It's like, what, what are you trying to do here? And I said, I just want to learn. I want to know how to do this. I don't want to have to rely on anybody if I don't have to. And if some, God forbid, something ever happened to him, I want to make sure that I am capable and I don't have to rely on somebody else, like I said. So, you know, there's no threat that dad doesn't say like, okay, this is your bubble and you're supposed to do this. I think it's a lot of like the skill set that we talked about, you know, or the things that are on your boundaries or, or what's important to you. Um, mine is, my love language is the gift of time and assistance and help. So if I'm doing something and he jumps in and helps me, I really appreciate that. His is words of affirmation. So I leave little post-it notes all over the place and I try to acknowledge when he's doing things that means a lot to him. So I know my pet peeve is having everything picked up and in its home. And your father's so brilliant that his brain doesn't work that way. He's thinking of all these different things and he'll, but he's 
the helper and if I have the computer down, if I have anything that happens, he's on it to help fix it. He fixes things. Now he fixes it and leaves it a mess afterwards. And that's where <laughs> I pick it up. But you know what? That doesn't matter. He's fixing. He's helping. He's giving his gift of time to me, which is huge. If I'm anal about things being in its home and cleaned up, then that's my issue that I have to deal with, not somebody else's. So I think it's battles too. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think it's necessarily roles um, in respect to our marriage. Mm -hmm. It's funny that you say that, that when you ask dad, you know, to teach you all these skills that he's like, are you trying to, you know, (laughs) replace me? While at the same time, he's making sure to teach me, his daughter, all these skills, you know, so I'm prepared. So I I think it's funny, you know, because, you know, since day one, um, I always joke about, joke around about that I was a son dad never had, which is funny (laughs) because he does have a son. (laughs) But I just, I would say that because dad and I were always doing very like tomboyish things, you know, we were always building stuff. He would teach me how to, you know, change a tire, teach me how to check your oil. Like dad was always teaching me all these things that I think you typically like teach your son. And, and then because I don't, I don't know what the mindset motivation was behind dad teaching it for me, probably because he wanted me to be that, you know, independent woman, but things do change. And that's something like you should teach your, your kid, no matter what yes. they are. And I think that's kind of why I'm, I've always seen myself as an independent woman because like my mom and dad have seen me as an independent woman and they raised me to be like that independent woman. And I think it's cool having, like having you and dad to like look up to in that kind of way, because like I said, dad's been more of like the macho man. Like for many years, you were like the stay at home mom or so you guys were kind of that like stereotypical family yet there was like so much mutual respect between you and dad. Like, even though dad was, like I said, the moneymaker and the breadwinner, he never acted like it was his money. It was always your guys's money. And you guys would both talk to each other when it came like to spending. And, you know, that's how me and Taven are now. Like he, he says, you know, it's, it's our money. Even though right at, at the time he, like right now, he's, he's definitely the breadwinner in the house. I know for me, that's, that's at least hard. That's kind of an ego check for me because, you know, everyone's always expected so much from me and I've expected so much for myself that I always thought that I would be like the breadwinner in, in the marriage. And, you know, when me and Taven met and we were dating, I was making way more money than him. And, you know, now it's not like that, but, and like, I know it's not about that. So it's kind of, it kind of is an ego check, but it's just, like, it doesn't matter where the money's coming from. If you're like in a marriage, it's, it's both of yours. And it has to do with, it has to do with that mutual respect. I think it's definitely a, um, it's also how you were raised, but it's a big, huge trust issue. And if you trust the other person and it depends on how much you value money as well, I mean, dad and I tried to be good stewards of our money, but money isn't super important to us our health and our happiness and and everything and it's funny that you say that you made more money than Taven because when dad and I met 
I actually made more money than, than dad did, you know, and he was, oh my like, gosh. <laughs> and then he'd be then, and I was like, ah, oh, look at my check compared to yours. Well, he would have known I tease him all the time that I married very well. He should have done better. Because <laughs> um, in the long run, we're doing okay for ourselves. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely, it's a trust issue. It's how you were raised. Some people have their money together. Some people have separate. Everybody has to do what works for them. The thing is that dad has always trusted me. Um, I take pride in having good credit and, you know, that we take care of each other where our shortfalls might be. And the fact that um, we just work, we work as a team, you know, and we do our budget and we put things together and there's times where I'd make more money and times where he'd make more money. And no matter what my dreams are, or if I wanted a new career or do something, he always believed in me. He'd be like, go for it. We, you got this. You can do it. He was my biggest fan, even though I was like, eh, I'm not quite too, too sure if I've got this, you know, whether it required money or not, he's, he was always very supportive. So as an independent woman, I'd like to give a couple of my tips for being in my fifties. Um, to all of my sisters or independent women or moms in general, military wives, just a few things that I've learned during my 53 years on this, on this earth. So one I would say is be kind to yourself as well as you are to others. Cause most of the time we're way kinder and nicer to other people than we are to ourselves, especially in your twenties. I would say establish your own boundaries right away because if you don't know what your boundaries are, then how do you expect other people to know what they are? And if you relate that, whether your friends, your spouse, um, anybody that's in your circle, if they know what to expect, then you're going to get it. But otherwise, it's just a crap shot and you're just hoping. Another one is always make time to take care of you. Because like I've heard you say too, if you don't fill your own cup, you can't fill others' cups. And while you're taking care of you, you're also, as we discussed, emulating good behavior that your children, your spouse, other people are going to see. And you're also not only taking care of you so that you can take care of your loved ones for longer, but you're also teaching them and then your kids are going to see it. And they're going to do the same thing with hopefully one day ends up being your grandchildren or how you are with your spouse is what hopefully all my children learn to seek in their own spouse, someone that didn't lie, someone that respected them, someone that did the right thing when no one was listening, when no one was watching, um, all of those things. So take time to take care of yourself. That's your body that you have to live in mentally, physically, all of that. Reach out for help. Independent women need help. I don't care, different times. And as much as we hate to ask for help, how good does it make us feel when we are able to help someone else. Why would you rob someone of being able to give just like you want to do? You want to be there to help pick somebody up when they're on, when they're on the ground. Don't rob somebody else of that. I think that's really important. Um, a big one is say yes more than you say no. No is so easy to say. And we, whether you're saying it to yourself, your spouse, your children, we start to become immune to no. And if you say yes more often, then when you finally say no, it means something. So one of my biggest things, especially since I raised all you guys, is I'll see 
young moms out there and everything with their children is no, no, don't touch that. No, no, don't do this. Don't do that. No, no, no. They worry more about strangers than they do their own children sometimes. And I was, I was a fine example of it. I worried about everybody else. Stop worrying about everybody else. Enjoy your children. They grow up too fast. And when you finally say no, it means, it means, it needs to mean something. So try to say yes more often or just be aware of it. Take account how many times you actually say yes versus no in a daytime. I think you'll be shocked. Be where your feet are. Us independent women, we want to multitask. We want to do so many things. We want to get everything accomplished in one day. I know I like to have my list that I mark things off, but you'll be there when you're there. Be where your feet are right here and now. I think that is really beneficial so that you can be in the present. Don't worry about the past. Don't worry about the future. Be where you are at that very moment. And then I would say my last one would probably be um, celebrate your individuality. I know us independent women are very, very guilty of comparing ourselves to others. Oh man, I only wish that if I looked like her, if I did this, if I acted like her, if I achieved this, that, the other. Um, God made all of you individual for a reason. And sometimes I really wish that you could like see each other's blurbs, what they're thinking. Because I don't know how many times in a day I'll walk down the street and I'll look at another female and they're probably thinking, what is she thinking? What is she saying? And in my head, I'm like, wow, she's so pretty. Wow, look at those legs. Look at her smile. Oh my gosh, I love that blouse. And I'm the one that lo loves to give compliments. So I will verbally say the compliments as well. But there's so many times that I'm like, eh, not the right opportunity. Or, you know, maybe they won't take it well. But in my head, I'm thinking all these positive things. And um, where you know that that person is probably having a bad day or thinking something negative. And we could all use that. But we're children of God. Celebrate our individuality. Celebrate our differences. And because, you know, when you took that picture of you like 10 years ago and you thought you were fat and horrible and all that stuff, and you see it 10 years later, you're like, I was pretty smoking hot. What was I worried about? So, and God doesn't make anything less than amazing. Those are the tips from your 53-year-old mother. Amen to that. I love that. Thank you so much for, for talking to me and sharing, sharing all this wisdom. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's always great talking with my mom. And remember, you can still depend on other people and be an independent woman. I will catch you guys next week in Monday's episode. Have an amazing day. Oh, <laughs>